Welcome, welcome, welcome to the beginning of a new series and a Sunday where apparently I can have a redo if I mess up. That's always good. You guys ever been on a journey that is just an absolute thrill ride? I mean, like your adrenaline spiked, the mission's just right, the people are all present, and it's just a thrill ride. You ever been on one of those? Some of you guys are like, nope, overly cautious, don't talk about that. That's where we find Jesus and the disciples right here. The Gospel of Mark is by far my favorite book in the Bible for one reason. Mark is super theatrical and very dramatic. It's all action. Okay, as Mark is writing this storyline out, we have just got done going through Mark 4. For the next four weeks, we'll be in Mark 5, verses 1 through 20, in a series that I'm titling, When Pigs Fly. And we're going to talk through this idea of what we would call demonology, or the study of demons, or beliefs about demons and the hierarchy of demons. Back to the storyline here, Mark chapter 4, the disciples and Jesus have just got done going through a windstorm. The boat's rocking, the disciples are terrified, and they're starting to cry out, thinking that they are literally going to die. Jesus wakes up from his nap, stretches out, tells the winds to shut their mouth, and it is all good. So they think, a little calm down, and now Jesus is going to be like, you thought that one was interesting, here's what we were getting to. They cross the sea and they end up in another place, another position, another platform for another miracle of Jesus to occur to show us God's divine nature and desire to do what Jesus said God wants to do and what Christ came to do when he said, I've come to set the captives free. You see, there's a guy that's bound, shackled, tormented, tortured, inside and the truth of the nature of christ in how he meets this man and how he deals with this man is going to explain so much to you and i about this spiritual battle that is real and so god's word today will be in the first five verses of this storyline in a message i've titled tombs torment and truth the takeaway being this the bible tells us the truth about tombs of torment that trap people in bondage do you believe that is that truth is that bible what i just said are demons real can we defeat demons on our own By the very nature of the definition of evil spirit, kind of similar to the Holy Spirit, it is a sense of the word pneuma in the Greek, except for in this connotation, we're speaking of a spirit higher than man but lower than God, used of demons or evil spirits who were conceived as inhabiting the bodies of mankind. Now we go into the text. Mark 5, verses 1 through 5. Then they, Jesus and the disciples, just got done in the windstorm. 
They come to the other side of the sea, to the region of the Gerasenes. As soon as he got out of the boat, a man with an unclean spirit came out of the tombs and met him. He lived in the tombs. No one was able to restrain him anymore, even with chains. Because he often had been bound with shackles and chains, but had snapped off the chains and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. And always, night and day, he was crying out among the tombs and in the mountains and cutting himself with stones. Self-harm isn't new. Self-destruction isn't new. Self-hatred, self-condemnation, all this self, self, self stuff isn't new. And what you'll find of what else isn't new is the truth of God's word tells us we have to come to the end of us to get to God. We can't do this, right? Self-effort equals self-condemnation and self-defeat. We have to lean into the power of Jesus Christ. We have to lean on the provision of the Holy Spirit. We have to lean into the promises of God. We have to fundamentally and firmly believe in our hearts that the Bible is true when it says that Jesus truly is the name above all names. Yes? And greater is he who lives in me, in any follower of Christ, than anything or anyone that could live in this world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today and we're just so mindful of your word. We're here to lean into your truth, to learn from this text. Practical application, real life stuff. God, and as we meet, we gather not in our own strength, but we gather needing yours. We need your grace. We need your mercy. Would you draw into us now in this time together, would you manifest yourself, your Holy Spirit, within people that they would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that, God, you're good, you're faithful, and you watch over your word to perform it perfectly in our lives. We thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. We thank you for the life of your son, Jesus. And today we want to learn from the life of your son, Jesus. As he did, we want to do. The greatest example, our teacher. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said. So some definitions that maybe we'll get to some of them today, but just kind of on the outside of this series, right? Just, just kind of before we get into the next 20 verses together. Demon, evil spirits are the messengers, ministers of the devil. Legion, that word's going to appear, and I don't mean the place that's like the local bar or whatever that is. A body of soldiers whose number differed at different times in the time of Augustus seems to have consisted of 7,826 men, 6,100 foot soldiers, and 726 horsemen. We're going to see at a certain point that this guy was inhabited by 6,826 demons, real spirits. Can you see why he was exploding? Literally. 
you know, three cheeseburgers from McDonald's and I'm done. <laughs> Cast out or send out to compel one to depart in stern, though not violent, language. This is taking command. Jesus takes command, right? Why? Because Jesus has authority, right? Now, now I don't want us to do the fatal mistake when it comes to fighting in this spiritual warfare that the dudes learn when they mess with the seven sons of Sceva, right? You read through Acts, and there's a storyline of these guys trying to get these devils out of people, and all of a sudden, before you know it, they're naked and beat up trying to figure out what just happened. Jesus I know, and Paul, yeah, he's he heard of him. But y'all, it's about to be a girl fight. We go into this now with the authority of Jesus, amen? There is no fear in perfect love. Perfect love drives away all fear. Right? 2 Timothy 1.7, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a sound mind, love, and power, right? God is the powerful one. We have the all-powerful one inside of us, therefore we've got nothing to fear. So now we, we lean five truths for today to set this series up. Number one, if you're taking notes, from verse one is going to be this. Jesus takes us places we could fear in the flesh. You ever been to a creepy place? You, you ever been in a place and afterwards you were thinking like, I, I should have been scared in there. Maybe thinking about it a little more, dwelling on it a little bit more. Yeah, there's a lot of scary places. You believe that? There are places that we don't go to intentionally. We may have never even been there, but we've heard of what happens there. Right? And you all taking your family to East St. Louis? Take the kids out for a little walk? About midnight? One in the morning? Who wants to go with me to a service project? We'll go out there at 2 in the morning, knock those boards off those windows, give them some good windows. What do you think? You good? We don't do it. And why don't we do it? Fear. Fear. On Tuesday, maybe Monday, my wife will tell you if I'm lying. It was one of those two days. We had a doctor's appointment for my daughter. Went down to Cardinal Glennon. Everything was good. They said, sometimes they just get so cute, they got to see the doctor. I said, well, when's my appointment? And they're like, nah, got nothing to worry about. While we were down there, I, I took the boys on a little adventure inside of one of those, you know, have you ever been to one of those that it's been broken into so many times that it's got the steel, like it's prison? I'm like, this field trip, right? I, I roll up in the, the gas station, and I'm like, hey, man, what's up? He literally says to me, he's like, you a cop? <laughs> so I said back to him, you a criminal? 
and we did what y'all are doing right now. He's like, man, I've been out of that for a little while now. I was like, give me your name so I can run it. He left. No joke. He left. True story. I was like, you don't want those peanut butter cups? Cool. But there are places that are scary. And sometimes we don't go to places because of people. Right? There are people that are there, right? I would never ask you guys this in church on a Sunday. But maybe, suggestively speaking, some of y'all might even be scared of Washington, D.C. right now. The right people, right, can make places that were right wrong. Safe places can become scary places fast when certain people inhabit them. Do you believe that? In God's word in verse 1, Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the region of the Gerasenes. Decent. Right? They're terrified. Just got done in the windstorm. And now, we're just over to the other side. In a place. That has a specific person at the place. And maybe the place could have been better. Maybe the time could have been more joyful. Maybe, maybe, you never know. Because when you read something like this, you're like, yep, not going there. Cancel that one from the family vacation. Number two, there are real spirits stronger than people really inhabiting them. There are real spirits that are stronger than people that are really inhabiting them. Think about this now, right? Verse 2, as soon as he got out of the boat, Jesus is hopping out. Ah, got a nice nap, got woke up by these screaming pansies. Now I'm here. Let's do this. Now, you know the devil don't want to mess with Jesus, right? Jesus, Jesus will defeat the devil anytime, especially Jesus when he's a little bit tired, Right? How many of y'all got two sides? Like you're you and then you're tired you. You know? Hangry has nothing on tangry. Right? If I get too hungry, I might just eat your arm or something. I don't know. When I'm tired, we can't fix that. Jesus gets out of the boat, a man with an unclean spirit, right? Spirit stronger than man, lower than God, inhabiting bodies of men. 
messengers and ministers of the evil one, Satan the devil. He comes out of the tombs and he meets Jesus. And he met him. Hello, good sir. How'd that go? Well, here we go. Number three, the strength of the spirits are unable to be fought with fleshly strength. Can't do it. Cannot do it. The meeting is happening. Jesus versus the madman. It's like a pay-per-view. Mm, about to bite an ear off. He lived in the tombs. No one. You hear these words? No one. You know what that means in the original language? No one. Very deep. Right? We're going deep into the Greek. Not one single person on the face of the earth was able to restrain him anymore. He was out of control. He was on the loose. How many of y'all remember that when that dude was like up the road a little ways and he was, you know, he shot all the people? You know what I'm saying? And he was on the loose to murder a guy. He shot like from Kansas City, right? What was his name? Petey Pablo or something? Maybe that was a rap singer. I don't know. But Pablo, I, don't, I remember. But it was all over. The, you guys remember what I'm saying? And Warrington's like, we're locking the doors. We're locking the doors. Everybody's locked up. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. We don't know. And no one could stop Pablo. Until he got to New Florence. That's a whole other story. Nobody could restrain him anymore, even with chains. He was literally off the chains, y'all. Out of control, yet in control. Listen! Demons, the devil, dumb people want to be in control when they have no business being in control and they only gain control when we give them control and some of you are under the control of others that you need to rise up to the next level spiritually and surrender that control and give control to the one who actually is in control not out of control worthy of the control which is Jesus And this guy was unstoppable. He was untouchable. Chains couldn't keep him. Children weren't safe around him. It was not a good setting. And it wasn't a fight that was fair. How many of you guys have ever been in an unfair fight? 
always feel bad for my enemies. Dude gave me a slingshot and rock. I got Jesus. Think about it. Why did I say that? Did I say that because no. I said that because that is literally the mindset of a follower of Christ. That is literally the way that God's word portrays us. We're victorious, yes? Are we losers or winners? So when we go into a battle, when we go into a fight, guess what? The Bible is true. So a man thinketh he is. You know who gets beat up a lot? People that think they're going to get beat up. You know who loses? People that think they're going to lose. Mental rehearsal is everything, right? Only thing I'm imagining is what position I'm going to get in after I win. Is it going to be this one? Because I'm not taking second place in the kingdom of God. I'm not taking second place to the evil one. I am sitting at the right hand of the right hand of the right hand. I don't care however right hands away I am of the one who made me right with the man who is my heavenly father. It's a paradigm shift. It's a mental rehearsal. It's a, ready, repentant process. Right? What Paul said, I'm struck down, not destroyed. Don't tell me I'm destroyed. Don't, don't, some of y'all, you need to get some new friends. Right? A friend that's going to waddle and defeat is not a friend. You know? A friend is, I, let's ride. Bet we can take it. Bet we can beat it. I, I guarantee you got it. Right? You can do it. Some people are so trapped in their relationships because all they do in the toxicity of their own self-rehearsal surround themselves with others who have negative self-talk, negative self-judgment, and negative opinions. You can't win a spiritual battle by wallowing with people in the flesh. That's right, Andre. Number four, the demons do not want to be subdued or not in control. Right? Devils, demons, dumb people, I'm ready to say. They want to have authority. Listen to what I'm about to say. They want to have authority without responsibility. They want to lead chaos. They want to lead dissension. They want to lead destruction. But they don't really want to do any heavy lifting. Right? What's that? All show, no go? Right? All bark, no bite? Or as my country roots would tell me, thunder's just a noise, boys. Lightning does the work. Verse 4, because he often had been bound with shackles and chains, but had snapped off the chains and smashed the shackles. 
You getting this imagery? Dude is flipping out. And somehow he controls the environment. How? How? How does this happen? And better question, we live in a post-Jesus resurrection era. Why would it ever happen now? He is bound, beating off chains, beating off shackles, snapping chains, smashing shackles. It's like, dude, you owe me $40 from handcuffs. I'm Smith and Wessons. He was mad. And the Bible says again, no one was strong enough to subdue him. He could not be controlled. Do you know why? You can't control somebody that's not in control. He didn't control himself. The demons did. The devil did. You cannot create order with people that are governed by disorder. You can't do it. You know what you can do? Bye, Felicia. Have fun with that one. Because you hang out with out-of-control people, what do you think is going to happen to your life? It's going to get out of control. And you're going to wonder, how did everything get the way that it is? My life is in shambles. I feel like I'm in shackles and chains. And the sad thing is, the shackles and chains that he ripped off, he was really putting on the people in the community as he was ripping them off spiritually. The fear that had... Can you imagine... Imagine this being your next door neighbor. Apple pie? Would you sell your house? The demons do not want to be subdued. Are not in control. Do you believe that there's a real war happening right now all around you? Let me ask you a more personal question. Do you believe there's a real war going on within you? And is this a fight of good and evil? It, it, is, is the Bible true? Is Ephesians 6 true? When it says we war not against flesh and blood, but against the evil authorities in the unseen heavenly realms all around us, right? We are in a battle. This guy was in a battle. Now he was strong and scary and tough and rough and bad to the bone as this guy is. Let's think about this last fifth point. The demonic plan of the devil and his messengers causes such great misery and makes people do destructive things. The demonic plan of the devil and his messengers causes such great misery and makes people do destructive things. 
Do you know fear can manifest itself outwards? Believe that? Life's a mirror, right? I will see because I focus so much on what I'm focusing on and dwelling on that it actually becomes my reality. My perspective is now positioned and postured in whatever I have been pondering on, right? So fear in, what do you think I'm going to see outside? The things I should be afraid of. Oh, they're everywhere. It's a chainsaw. It's a this, it's a that. All right, I'm going to take the glasses off. Because I've had enough of this crap. Okay? Society will tell you things are scary because they want to eliminate rights of individuals. Society will promote and perpetuate fear. Oh, guns are so scary. Let's up the ammunition. Let's do this. Let's do that. How about you shut your mouth? And we listen to this garbage. And we believe it. If it didn't come from here and doesn't line up with this, it's garbage. And you know what all that is? Garbage because it gives people fear. And God does not give fear. God gives power. God gives grace. God gives peace. God gives joy. God gives every good gift. James 1.17 says, Every good and generous gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow cast by turning. What does that mean? God only knows how to be good. So, there are words that rhyme with Hibberal and gibberal. Don't know why you're laughing. I'm just trying to. Lastly, number five here. Knowing the demonic plan of the devil and his messenger caused such great misery, makes people do destructive things. Worship team coming on up, bringing this first week to a finality right here. And always night and day, he was crying out. Parents, have you ever had your kid, they, they can't really convey how they're feeling, but they know how to act up, right? And it's like, oh, man, my sympathy for you is so strong, but my backhand's a little bit stronger. I would never. That's scary. You can tell who grew up in scary environments because they're following the law. You know what I'm saying? I use scary loosely. Night and day he was crying out among the tombs and in the mountains and cutting himself with stones. He was destroying himself. Night and day destroying himself. In the depths of his soul, in the the deep despair of his mind, in what he accepted to be true of his reality, it was ruined. 
This life ain't worth living. I am done. I am so upset. I am so angry. I am so bitter. I am so hurt. I am so broken. This is over. And he starts cutting with stones. With stones. You ever hear that term cutter? We got, we got cutters, right? Or people that are real cutters. Self-harm. One dude came in one time. I'm like, what is that? Did a cat scratch you? What happened to you? I cut myself. I'm like, with what, a paper clip? You need attention? And here's where society's gone wrong. We coddle the crazy. We coddle the crazy. Oh, but he'll hurt himself. Oh, but he'll, but he'll, okay. Act crazy, we treat you like you're crazy. Perfect. Sounds good. Fair? You know, you know my golden rule, right? When people get stupid, you have to get stupider. So now, you know what we do? You want attention? You're, you're going to hurt yourself. Aw. What we're going to do tonight is we're going to have the whole community gather around you because we're here for you. The world exists for you. I go in houses all the time that are held hostage by teenagers. By teenagers! By kids! How many of you guys have ever heard this saying, if not, then write this thing down. It's good to remember in life. The inmates cannot control the asylum. You can't let it happen. And when you do understand you are working against God's will. God's will is for no person, no thing, no man, nothing to be in control. And the only people that really want to be in control are the people that are out of control. Because when you have control, you know what you realize? Wow, this is a lot of responsibility. And you've got a man, and he's cutting himself. He's hurting himself. He's done. It's over. And I have to believe that there might be somebody watching online. There might be somebody in the room right now. And you're feeling the weight of life, man. You're feeling it. It's crushing you. How am I ever going to do this? And how am I ever going to do that? And what about this? And what about that? And by the way, did she think I look fat in this? Whatever. And the enemy has worked his way in your mind. And there's a cycle and there's a repetition in your mind. And it always makes its way back to a place where you feel defeated. You feel like you're done. You feel like you're hopeless. You feel like you're helpless. You feel like this isn't even worth it. But you know what? Then God. Then God. 
then God comes in. Not that he's ever not been anywhere else, because how many people you know, even if you don't want him present, he's always present. You can't shake him. You can't get him to go to timeout or get out of the room. He's everywhere, always present. But then God, through the Holy Spirit, starts working his way into your heart. And I got to ask you a question. What if the hurt that you've been feeling is really God trying to heal you? What if that hardship that is beating you down is God really trying to help you? What if the pain, what if the suffering, what if it all is designed to get us to a spot where we surrender and real strength kicks in? Real joy comes in. Real peace comes in. Forgiveness floods in. All of it comes crashing in because I firmly believe and I pray to God that you do too. And there is no name greater than Jesus. There is no Lord that can conquer our Lord. There is no spirit greater than the Holy Spirit. I firmly believe, how about you, church, that at the mention of the name Jesus, demons start fleeing. At the mention of the name Jesus, the devil starts running. Evil starts losing. People start scattering. Things start shifting. Why? Because Jesus is the name that conquers everything. I believe it. You say, why do you believe it? Because I've been delivered of it. I've been delivered of the unclean spirits. I felt the healing miraculous power of God. I know that I know that I know that demons are real. The devil's goal is to destroy you. But you know what Jesus said? I've come to give you life and life in abundance. Who in here is ready to start living that abundant life? Yeah! I'm going to be like Job and just lift up my hands today, and I hope you will too, because here's what I know. When I serve my God, everything that dang devil stole from me, he's going to replace it give me something better. Let's worship the one who changes everything. Jesus Christ is Lord, and to Him be the glory and power and everything else forevermore.